Hello and welcome to We Love Books, the show where we absolutely love books and we know you do too. Fancy being a future David Williams or Roald Dahl? Well, we've got our very own in-house writer extraordinaire, Dave Rudden, giving us another piece of the writing puzzle. Here with a top writing tip to get you putting pen to paper. Also in the house today, it's the spellbinding James Nickel. You'll know him from the Ariane Wynne Gribble books. That's The Apprentice Witch, A Witch Alone and A Witch Come True, which you may soon be able to see on your screens. More about that later. But first, I asked the girls of the Teresa in school, what is their favourite book? The Amazing Inconvenient Adventures of Bronte Meadowstone or something like that. It's a lot of things. She goes on a lot of adventures around the world and meets friends. It's not lucky because I put my lovely once in a lifetime lucky four-leaf clover in there and then the next day I came and opened the book and it wasn't there. Not even the plastic. I love Tom Gates and I also love Harry Potter because I like how he, he goes out for stuff, like he goes out in the middle of the night to the forest <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes it can be really scary so that's what I like. Okay, I have three. First I have all the Harry Potter books. I have Gangster Granny and when it was World Book Day I dressed up as Gangster Granny. She had the big wig on, it was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> and she had glasses and the You chair. dressed up as Gangsta Granny. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Captain Underpants. Oh, you like Captain Underpants. Um, I have two. I like The Witches and The World Wars Children oh, too. Oh, Because it's very scary. And I like the part where the little girl gets trapped in a painting. I like the movie when you get to see her and then she grows older. My second favorite book is Beast Quest. So there's a boy who's the main character, and then there's a girl who's his friend who just follows him around. The girl's an archer, and the boy's a swordsman, and they're both kind of children, and they have to defeat these beasts with magic, and then there's the magical wizard who summons the beasts. We love books. It's time for We Love Reviews. Up first, it's The Truth Pixie Goes to School by Matt Haig and illustrated by Chris Mould. In this book, the Truth Pixie and her human friend go to school and they learn more than just their lessons. It's a rhyming book, so you'll read lines like Don't try to be something you really are not. Your one true self is the best thing you've got. Let's see what our readers thought. Here's Honor. I'm reviewing The Truth Pixie Goes to School by Matt Haig. The book is about a pixie and a girl. They are best friends. The girl is called Ada. Everyone in school laughs at Ada and the pixie because they are different. I liked the book in lots of different ways. I liked the book because of the little mouse in the pixie's hair and the way Ada is different to everyone else. This is an easy-to-read rhyming book with fantastic illustrations on every page. The story's about a girl named Ada who's lost her mum and gran and lives with her dad. Ada is accompanied by the Truth Pixie everywhere she goes. As her name suggests, the Truth Pixie only tells the truth, which some people don't like to hear. Ada is bullied by the children at school who think the pixie is strange. You can't help 
think would Ada be better off without the pixie? Or is she helping her to make the right choices? This book has some life lessons as to how to treat others and to think about their feelings. I would recommend this book for boys and girls of my age. And that was eight-year-old Connor reviewing The Truth Pixie Goes to School by Matt Haig. Up next, Rory is reviewing The Girl Who Ate the Stars. This is a book set in World War II in which an accidental bomb opens up a portal between Ireland and Wolfland, which is ruled by the evil Deathhound and his werewolf warriors. It's a race against time to find the wolf girl who has two hearts, one human and one wolf, and who eats the stars to survive. Let's find out what Rory thought. I read The Girl Who Ate the Stars by Caroline Busher. I really enjoyed this novel, as it's historical set during World War II, but also sort of fantasy fiction with a wolf girl character. This novel is about a brother and a sister, Lottie and Albert, who are sent away as evacuees by their mother to Kilbury in County Clare. As they delve into the history of their family, they discover secrets about their mother's past that she intended to stay hidden forever. A German pilot crashes and drops a bomb which opens a portal to a mysterious world, Wolfland, inhabited by the wolf girl Kuhn. I really liked the mixture of genres and it kept me interested right up to the last page. It's time now on We Love Books to meet our featured author. Today, it's the wizard behind the magical adventures of Ariane Wynne Gribble, who just hasn't had the easiest time coming into her own powers as a witch. She's definitely had a few bumps along the road. James Nicholl talks to us about why storytelling was so important to him as a child and about a curious legend of a real witch in his own community. The first thing I want to say to you is I listened to you on the internet reading your books you're wonderful at it (laughs) (laughs) you do all the drama and all the voices you're like a natural storyteller oh thank you how important was storytelling to you as a child really important I really um, grew up with stories not so much reading I wasn't a very good reader at school. I was in really? a slow readers group at school. Oh. But I think that was partly to do with the awful reading schemes we had <laughs> as children. Um, and I don't think those sorts of things are ever going to inspire anybody to be a, a passionate reader. And then one of my grandmothers gave me a copy of The 101 Dalmatians and that's what turned me into an avid reader. But stories, everybody's lives are full of stories. But I spent a lot of time with my two nanas growing up and they were natural storytellers. They filled my childhood with stories about their life during the Second World War. Do you have any particular characters that you love from literature as a kid? I really um, loved characters like the children from the Chronicles of Narnia, particularly from The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Lucy, I know lots of people think Lucy's a bit of a drip, um, but I was a really big drip as a child. Um, And so I really identified with poor Lucy, the youngest, always the one being shoved out of the way and probably the most likely person in my family to wander into a wardrobe and get locked in as well, actually. So, um, yeah, Lucy, definitely. And then Meg from the Megan Mog books. I remember those vividly from starting school and just those amazing colours and loads, really. It's hard to choose. <laughs> well, to go to a character of your own, to go to Ariane Wynne, mm. why witches? Well, so I grew up in Norfolk and Norfolk in, in England is just rife with legends about witches. And in the town where I grew up, Kings Lynn, 
there is a carving in the bricks of a building on our market square that is alleged to be the place where a witch's heart flew across the marketplace and hit the building where the people who'd accused her of being a witch lived. And so I'd grown up knowing this legend about this poor woman called Margaret Reed. And it was just there in the back of my head. And at the time that I started to write The Apprentice Witch, I'd been reading, I've always read children's books, but I'd been reading quite a lot of books with witches in, and they were still very much either secondary characters or still very much the baddies in, in the stories. And I thought, well, what would happen if if they'd been celebrated because they could actually help people? What would that world have been like? But I really just wrote the book to see if I could finish writing a whole novel. I never really thought it would get published <laughs> and that it would be like my practice book. And then I'd go on and write this amazing, you know, book that would be not about witches because I just I just really wrote it as a story that I thought, you know, James uh, being eight, nine, ten would have liked reading a book about witches. <laughs> um, not that I thought it would it would end up being a, a real thing in bookshops and libraries. Um, all over the world. Well, it's an absolutely fabulous story. But for our listeners who maybe haven't had a chance to catch up with all of the adventures of Ariane Wynne just yet, could you give us a little taster, without giving the game away, of, <laughs> uh, of what this is all about? Ariane Wynne Gribble is a young witch, but she's not a kind of fairy tale witch. There's no pointy hats. Uh, there's no big noses with warts on, no hairy chins, anything like that. So she's a helpful witch and she serves the community. But at the very beginning of the first book, she fails a really important evaluation that all witches have to take to see how much magical energy they have. So she's not really expecting to be given a posting, but she is. She's sent to this very out of the way, tiny little town, a place called Lull, and she's sent there to be their witch, really to give her a chance to kind of get herself back together and take her evaluation again in, in a few months' time. But there's this kind of dark magic that's plaguing the town of Lull and Ariane Wynne kind of steps right into the middle of it like you kind of step into a cow bat, and, um, a magical <laughs> cow bat. And, uh, and she's kind of faced with not only dealing with the magical elements of what it means to be a witch, but all of the other personal things about dealing with people within the community and making new friends and actually the magic becomes kind of secondary to the story it's more about her drawing on her own resources and forming friendships that that see her through the whole series of books what was your favorite thing about writing these books oh my goodness that's really <laughs> difficult um i think it was just it was just kind of getting lost in the in the world that became such a, a big part of the story going to Lull, going inside the Spellorium, the place where the witch lives and works. All of those elements, I loved kind of building all of that. And it's lovely when readers say, oh, I, I really want to go and visit the Spellorium. I really want to, you know, see what Ariamen's grandmother's bookshop looks like. All of those elements I really, really enjoyed. But also just having that amazing adventure with the characters because they do, you know, there is some kind of thing where you're just being pulled along by the characters a little bit as your as your pen's moving across the page or your fingers are moving across the keyboard that's all brilliant fun you never really know when you sit down to write you never really know what 
what that day is going to be like or how it's going to shape up, whether you're going to get, you know, a whole chapter written or maybe, you know, just the outline of something or you might fly through two or three chapters in a day. That's that amazing thing that no two days are the same when you're writing a story. I know you've given a lot of great advice on your website for young aspiring writers. What would you say is the best piece of advice for someone who's listening, loves your story, wants to write, doesn't know how to start? Don't start at the beginning. I very rarely start my books at the beginning. I write the bit I know I want to write and then I work my way backwards or forwards from there. So The Apprentice Witch, the very first part of the book that I wrote, although it's changed massively, is about I don't know, about 40 or 50 pages in the actual finished book when Ariane first arrives in Lull and first goes to the Spellorium. That's the kind of the book version of the first part of the story I wrote. And I wrote this scene. It was really just two pages of of A4. And we see this young girl. We know she's a witch. She's moved to this strange place. And it had everything in it that I needed to know for the story. I didn't realise until I went back after the book was published and I went back and read that first scene. It had everything there. It had Ariane when it had the glyphs. It had this kind of dark, shadowy magic that you don't understand. And it had somebody trying to make their way in the world against their own doubts and their own obstacles that they put in the way themselves, if you like. So, yeah, I think start where you can feel your story beginning. That might not necessarily be the beginning of the story, but you can work your way back or forwards towards that point later on. That's great advice and not advice I've ever heard before. That's really interesting. <laughs> but finally, James, what is next for you? And what, if anything, is next for Ariane Wynn? Oh, so oh. Um, <laughs> so the, the books are currently being adapted for a TV series um, with Lime Pictures, who are based in Liverpool. And they um, also produce a Netflix series called Free Rain, which some listeners might know, really popular. And I'm writing a new story at the moment, not about Ariane Wynn. Um, so we, I've kind of, I'm letting them have a little bit of a break from my meddling in their lives. Um, <laughs> and I've created new characters, a new world. I can't give too much away at the moment, but I'm really excited about that story and, and that book. And hopefully that's going to be the start of a, a new series as well. So um, keep an eye out for that. And that was James Nicholl, who wrote the Ariane Wynn Gribble stories, The Apprentice Witch, A Witch Alone and A Witch Come True. Well, if you'd like to get in touch with us here on We Love Books, you can email, with the permission of a parent or a guardian, of course, to junior at rte.ie. Maybe you'd like to review a book for us. Maybe you'd like to tell us about your favourite book. Or maybe you'd even like to have a go at writing a story to be featured on one of our programmes. You can drop that email to junior at rte.ie and don't forget to ask permission first. Well, if you are thinking about writing us a story, here's someone who knows rather a lot about that line of work. It's our own in-house author extraordinaire, Dave Rudden, with another top writing tip, this time on how to create a cracking main character. Hi, I'm Dave Rudden, author of Knights of the Borrowed Dark. This is your two-minute tip on creating a great main character. Start the clock. Last week, we talked about problems creating plot. We're going to come back to that later, but first, we need to talk about character. Because problems have to happen to somebody. And you could have the most interesting story in the world, but that doesn't matter if the person it's happening to is a snore. What does interesting mean? Well, different things. 
Thor and Iron Man are very different characters, but they're both interesting to watch. They're interesting because they try. Have you ever been stuck behind somebody walking slowly and you're trying to get by them and it's not working and you get more and more frustrated? That's what it's like watching a character who doesn't try. The writers set up all these problems and the character is just sitting there not doing anything about them. Here's your fancy word to impress your teacher. Agency. A character has agency when they're moving, when they're trying. Now, we don't need to see them win, not until the end, anyway, but we want to see them struggle, try out different things, solve their problem. Think of all the times we've seen heroes try and fight villains and they bounce off because they weren't ready or they weren't trained or didn't have the right knowledge. And then they picked themselves up and they kept fighting. Now, maybe they had a moment where they despaired, where they and we thought they might give up. Maybe things got too hard. Maybe they lost the person who was teaching them. Maybe the villain kidnapped the person they love. You know that bit half an hour before the end of a film where the hero's at their lowest point and the music is sad and it's raining? And then, just when we think all is lost, they try one last time with everything they have. That's what makes a hero. All right. I want you guys to send me your favourite hero moment. Film, book, TV show, game, anime, comic, whatever. What moment gave you chills? Because next time, we're getting into the crunch of designing your very own hero. Dave out. Well, now that you're all fired up and inspired to write, it's over to you. Here is 10-year-old William, and he's reading a story of his very own about the day he saved an elephant. The Day I Saved an Elephant by William Harrington Lockman. The day I saved an elephant was a very odd day. An elephant had recently escaped from the zoo in Dublin. It was on the local news. Elephant escape. Reward 1,000 euro. And from then on, it was an elephant hunt. You could not drive from the amount of people on the roads and paths looking for the elephant. However, I did not care much for the money. I just wanted a pet elephant to show off to people, and with the 1,000 euro, I could buy all sorts of accessories, like a big Persian carpet for his back, and a big carriage for me to sit on on the top. I could also buy a lot of food for him. So I started my very own elephant search that day. I thought he had not run away, but gone lost, and was probably very scared. So I started at the zoo, and thought he could not have gone far. I searched high and low for him, but he was nowhere to be seen. So I checked O'Connell Street, and thought he might be there, but sadly, he was not. Then I checked Parmiston Park and looked from on both sides, but he was nowhere to be seen. I was starting to think maybe he was already found and back in the zoo. About two minutes later, I found him walking down the street. He looked so excited to see someone who could bring him back home and so was I. I had special elephant treats for him which he gobbled right up. All the people gasped at the elephant which they had been searching for all day. Some people even tried to take the elephant so they could get the money themselves. But it was not easy to steal a fully grown elephant with someone on it. I brought him to the zoo and asked if I could keep him. They very kindly said yes, but not forever as there was a lot of work in taking care for an elephant. And the zookeeper didn't think that our garden was going to be big enough to fit an elephant. And the zookeeper said that he knew my mother wouldn't be very happy with him for letting an elephant into our kitchen. Not long after that, it was the talk of the town, how I had saved the elephant. 
I also got loads of cool clothes for him and he looked very happy. And I rode him to school the next day and everyone wanted to rub him. And we got no homework for the week. And that was the day I saved an elephant. Well, that's it for this week's We Love Books. We're back at the same time next week with another jam-packed, book-filled extravaganza featuring an author who wanted to be, wait for it, a rabbit when he grew up. It's an interesting choice. He didn't quite get there. He did instead become an author and an illustrator, writing and illustrating a ton of books, including his own Claude series. It's Alex T. Smith. Well, a huge thanks to absolutely everybody who helped us make this episode of We Love Books. We literally couldn't do it without you. Till next time, happy reading. Happy reading.